Welcome to the Synapse Podcast. I'm Lauren Prager, and it is my pleasure to be here today virtually with the person who created the world's only theme park for entrepreneurs. When you have a chance to visit the Levan Center of Innovation at Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale, you will see a space filled with intentionality and built with creativity for and by entrepreneurs. And it is my pleasure today to welcome to the Synapse Podcast a friend, a guest, uh, John Wensveen, the Chief Innovation Officer with Nova Southeastern University and the Levan Center of Innovation. So John, welcome to the Synapse Podcast. Well, it is great to be with you, Lauren. I wish we could be in person. I know we've uh, had great interaction when we are in person together, and I look forward to uh, to seeing you in the near future, especially at your event coming up in, in February of 2024. So we're, as you know, we're a big supporter and, uh, and can't wait for that event. Yeah, you know, and it brings me back to how we very how we first met um, when you first introduced us to what you were envisioning for the Levan Center. So let's start there with what you've built this very unique partnership. As I mentioned, you know, a theme park for entrepreneurs that is driving not just innovation but real collaboration in a very special way in the heart of South Florida. So for everybody listening out there, let's introduce them to what you've created. So it's an amazing journey, and it's really been over the, the last three and a half years. And long story short, I was recruited for a position where Nova Southeastern University, which is headquartered out of Fort Lauderdale with eight regional campuses throughout the state, as well as Denver, Colorado, and Puerto Rico, said, we're going to create an innovation center. And I, I think that it was a great concept, but I don't know if anybody truly understood what an innovation center was. And candidly, I had ideas, but I didn't know what an innovation center could be. So when I saw 54,000 square feet of space, that was literally a blank cement box. I looked at it and said, oh my gosh, we're going to create the world's first theme park for entrepreneurs. And it just kind of slipped out and it stuck with people because it, 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 it told a story and people, people loved it. But what does that mean? And the idea is that we would take this space and if we could design it and make it purpose built, every single square foot would involve a ride of some sort. And that ride would have a return on the investment for all of the stakeholders that would make this theme park possible. So imagine a collision station about the size of a bed, bath and beyond in terms of footprint, because traditionally that is the footprint of bed, bath and beyond. I probably have to come up with a new reference <laughs> for that now, uh, as it is now beyond. Um, but one day people will say, you know, it's the same footprint as the Levant Center of Innovation. That's 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 okay. my goal. But what we did is we built an economic development engine. And then depending on the audience, I will also say it's an education development engine. And the goal here was to create an innovation center model that truly has local, regional national and international impact and what we did as a university is we went to Broward County our local government and basically proposed this concept of an innovation center model with some vision and there was a unanimous decision to support it and we ultimately created a public-private partnership between the university and Broward County with the full understanding that this wasn't just about Broward County that we can make this bigger and better so when I say local regional national international impact the idea is to be a key influencer in the growing innovation ecosystem worldwide. And in reality, it's shrinking because of all of the collaborative efforts that are taking 
place. So if you think about the model that we've built and continue to grow and you take organizations like Synapse as an example, that's a true collaborator. And there are many other organizations that we can mention in the state nationally and internationally. We often have the same mission at the end of the day, and it's truly about growing the ecosystem around themes of innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship. So we took that quite literally. And the basis of our business plan was, let's talk about innovation, let's talk about technology, and let's talk about entrepreneurship in those in that order, because innovation leads to the creation of new technologies that leads to these entrepreneurial journeys. Now, the problem with entrepreneurship is that most entrepreneurs are not successful in their journey. So we said, let's look at the founder's journey, which is the life cycle of the entrepreneur, and break it down into the real the real phases. And there are four. It's ideate, incubate, accelerate, and post-accelerate. And ideate is just, how do I create an idea? Incubate is incubating that idea. Accelerating is actually getting ready to go to launch, or maybe you're already in the market. You've got a proof of concept, and you've got a small business that has the ability to scale on a very large level. And then post-accelerate, should you aspire to achieve that phase or eventually get there, that's merger, acquisition, IPO, global expansion opportunities. And when we put this model together, we figured that we probably should have some outcomes. So we defined six key outcomes focused on breakthrough ideation, the creation of new technologies, a new talent skills pipeline primarily to serve emerging tech, company formation, job creation, and then the scaling of early stage and young startup companies. And the idea here wasn't to take small businesses and, and create successful small businesses. It was to create big ideas that may start as a small business that become a very big business. There are enough resources to support small business development. This is more focused on what really comes out of innovation centers worldwide. And it's your Kindle, it's your Amazon, it's your your your, your Uber Eats, your, your DoorDash. Um, an electric scooter that I ride came out of an innovation center. And these are all big ideas that truly have scaled on a global basis. And we wanted to be able to link South Florida together as a single region where we brought Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and Palm Beach together. And then instead of talking about three separate cities and counties, it's South Florida, one region. It's not Miami. In fact, a lot of the success that you see where it says it was Miami often is not Miami, it's South Florida. So how do we spread the word that that is one region and that one region is collaboratively um, uh, linking with the, with the rest of the state, the nation and, and the world? And really what we're trying to do, and it's a huge task, is to create a recipe where we reverse engineer the success of an entrepreneur and the best way to visualize it is there's a baseball diamond and most incubator accelerator models that are out there try to figure out how to get the entrepreneur from home base to first base and maybe they'll get to second third and then ultimately home we look at it a little differently where you're standing at home plate we define your exit strategy or your long-term success strategy right now and then we take you to third base then second then first and then back to home and so far it's been working really well for us and we have reported metrics that now um, are becoming our foundation of our success based on three themes, four pillars, six outcomes, and we can surely prove that we are an economic development engine with global impact. It's the, the intentionality and the strategy through which you've created this intentional space is really what's, you know, so remarkable and so important, I think, to, to, to outline. A lot of times you see programs that have pieces of that, but to really bring it all together makes a big difference. You know, Synapse is literally a space. And so you've created a physical and an intellectual space where people can bring their ideas and find the support that they need. And I want to, you know, kind of take a moment to, to start with the idea 
ideas phase because I think that a lot of times people have great ideas and they don't know what to do and they don't know how to find those resources. So what have you learned some of the best practices that you might be able to share with the entrepreneurs who are listening, people who have an idea and they're not really sure of the next steps and to get it to that next incubate phase that you've experienced through building out the Levan Center and supporting the, the startups that you've been working with over the last, uh, I guess, two years, really, since the program had launched. So where do you start? Um, sometimes I'll start with my own journey, because as, a, as an entrepreneur early on in my life, I wanted to do things and I had really big ideas, but I didn't know what to do with those ideas. And the challenge for us is that there are so many people out there that may be entrepreneurs, they may be want to be entrepreneurs, they're an entrepreneur, they don't even know that they're an entrepreneur, and they have a great idea. Maybe they even have a solution to a, a significant challenge, but they don't know what to do with it and they don't know where to go. So one of our mandates is to figure out who are you and where are you? Where's that basement entrepreneur? Probably not a good, um, not in Florida, say, not in Florida. <laughs> we don't have basements, but, but, the, but the, the garage entrepreneur that maybe perhaps, um, and, and how do you find them? And our goal is to, 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 to identify you out there. And, and we have outreach programs where we, we, we literally try to find you through meetup events or social media campaigns, but we're trying to create awareness and exposure about what the Levan Center of Innovation is as a resource for you, hoping that you're gonna be able to connect with us. We also host a number of our own events where we bring in the startup community at different stages from just the IDA right through very successful entrepreneurs that have had multiple exits and then everything in between. And, and we collide you. And the one thing that we've learned is that it's very challenging to find you. And, and we need you to be more aware of what's out there and just get on the internet and search for technology meetups, entrepreneurship meetups, um, innovation meetups, go to the conferences, go to the exhibitions. Uh, even if you don't think it's relevant, you're going to meet somebody or make a, a connection of some sort. But the most important thing is to find your innovation center or your entrepreneurship center. And most communities have them. Now, with that said, they range from very small to very significant um, size in terms of the resources that they bring. But one of the things that I can suggest is even going to your own city government or county government, they'll be able to point you in the right direction through their economic development organizations or economic development units to show you here's the incubators, here are the accelerators, and, and hopefully we'll make those connections for you. But you can do it on your own. You just got to be a little bit proactive and going online and finding, like, where's my incubator? Where's my where's my accelerator, my entrepreneurship center? And and, and you will find them and, 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 and make the rounds. Go visit them. Partake in their events. Um, go to some of the programs if they're available. Take advantage of some of the services, which in most cases are going to be complimentary for you, and you'll find your tribe. And that's probably the most important thing. You got to find your tribe. And when people tell you, that oh you're crazy and no you can't do this and your idea is too big i dealt with that most of my life growing up and i use that as an opportunity to say i'm going to challenge the world but most importantly prove to myself that i can do it so find the people that are going to support you and, and uplift and allow you to do what it is that you're going to do just don't let anybody say no to you yeah, I can't emphasize that enough. And I often say um, to anybody who will listen that the power of showing up is really remarkable. So many organizations in our community will offer an experience, an event or an opportunity, and you know they'll extend the invitation, but it's up to the individual to take the next step and actually show up, be present, put your phone down and then not scroll and kind of force yourself from being a wallflower to really getting into the mix of things and finding your people. So being a part of the community 
that you want to help create or that you need, the resources are there. It's really just a matter of showing up and exploring. Um, the generosity of our ecosystem is something that everybody remarks on. And, um, and I think that holds true everywhere across Florida. I find that to be the case. People are so generous. They'll help you with introductions. They'll help you with connections. They'll help you find what you need and share what you have, which is kind of our mantra. And that is certainly true of my experience in working with the Levan Center, the team there, um, you know, and the entrepreneurs that you support. So I want to I want to kind of now shift. So you've gotten your foundation, you're an entrepreneur, you've gotten some traction, and now you've got to grow. So the challenges and the needs for a company that's, you know, gone from, you know, one person to maybe a handful, and is now ready to grow are very, very different than the, the needs of somebody who's just trying to get their idea off of a computer screen and into an, a, some sort of a company. So, you know, how does the Levan Center experience and approach supporting people who are in that growth stage? What are the best practices? What are some of the needs and challenges? that you find from those growth stage entrepreneurs who are in that incubate to accelerate phase. So I like to say that we are a scrappy startup helping startups because we're still so so young. Granted, we've had some pretty significant resources to get us to where we are. So when we talk, and I promise I'm going to come back to answer those questions, but when you talk about this theme park and you walk around 54,000 square feet of space and it's virtually connected to the world, so anybody can partake in, in different things that we do from customized programs to events to services and, and, and the infrastructure. Um, and I'm sorry, my screen just went blank on me. So that was technology. So we're innovative. So we're back online. I, I think the power of my building literally just went out. The generators have just got, uh, gone on and we are still connected. So Yeah, and we're uh, still connected and I still hear and see you. So no worries. That's just the way okay. that it goes. So keep I'm back, on, I'm back on the screen. No dead yeah. air. All right. Um, and and the the challenge that you find with the early stage entrepreneur is they don't know what they don't know. And they, as an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur at heart, you truly believe that your idea is the best idea in the entire world. And the reality of it is there are other ideas out there that are probably better than yours. And honestly, the, the idea that you have and the kind of business that you want to create is probably going to be a lot different than where you started. So one of the challenging things that you have, particularly with early stage entrepreneurs, they can be a little stubborn because this is their passion. This is their heart. This is my idea. I don't want to share it. Someone's going to steal it from me. And there are different ways to protect you. And there's some truth to that. At the same time, you have to be so open-minded and you have to be willing to take guidance, advice, criticism, and let people shoot holes through the idea because that's not a negative that's actually going to make your idea even stronger and bulletproof at the end of the day it's somewhere it's somewhere like almost like a military model we, we bring you in you break you down and we build you back up and and entrepreneurship is definitely like that and and if you think that you're going to walk into some kind of environment with a great idea and someone's going to take your idea and build it for you and build your business that's not going to happen you're going to be given the resources and the knowledge and the networks that are going to be set around you, but you have to be the driver to figure out how you're going to use those tools and willing to do so. And we often find that early stage entrepreneurs that don't have experience or have very little experience with, with a business startup idea is that being your own boss is easy and I can take as much time off as I want and I'm going to bring all this money in. And the reality is you're going to work a lot harder as an entrepreneur than you are in your nine to five corporate job. And granted, uh, there's nothing negative with that, but if you're looking for stability and a steady income and benefits and retirement package and vacations, then 
and, and, and that's your mindset, then you're probably not built for entrepreneurship. Uh, I myself work 12 to 16 hours a day, often weekends, travel, external commitments. I have very little personal life. So my work life is my personal life. And I have a very understanding family around me that truly supports it. And I do engage them in it often. So there's some really interesting perks in terms of seeing the world um, that normally may not have happened. But you really have to be open-minded. You have to be flexible. You have to be adaptable. You have to be open to learning new things. And you have to be extremely collaborative with the networks that you're being introduced to. And, and there are three key things that really to keep it simple. Always keep in mind, if you're an early stage entrepreneur or a late stage entrepreneur that's really been successful, you have to have the right plan, the right people, and the right money. If you take nothing away from our conversation today, right plan, right people, right money, that's what you need to know. And if one of those is wrong, you are potentially destined for failure with your business. And there's a whole definition about what the right plan is, what the right people are, and very importantly, what the right money is. And I think entrepreneurs are so focused on raising dollars that they don't know the difference between right money and wrong money. And if I'm an investor in your business, early stage entrepreneurs often do not understand that I'm investing in you, your per the, you the person, your leadership team, your ability and skill set to drive this forward, secondary is really the product or service that you are creating. Now they have to be combined and they have to work. And entrepreneurs tend to put a pitch deck up and they're so focused on their product, their service, that they forget to focus on who they are as a person. And that's who I want to know because I am literally putting my faith in you to make sure this business is successful. I'm not coming in here to show you how you're gonna run your business and make decisions. That's the wrong money, unfortunately. And it happens all too often, particularly at the early stage and, and then longer term that may have some negative consequences on your own success. I think that is, again, really important and valuable in any position. I think people who aspire to take on more leadership roles, it's really about you owning the opportunity, not waiting for things to be given to you or granted to you and opening the doors that you see. And even if you can't anticipate what's down the future, I think both of us have had career paths that have landed us in places we may not have anticipated when we started our professional journeys. But that's kind of the beauty of this, being open. But taking ownership and responsibility is really key. And I see that it can be very overwhelming for startup founders or founders at any phase of growth where you really are at a pivotal point. You really have to think back to why are you doing what you're doing? What is your goal? Have you achieved that? And where do you need to take it here? Not getting lost in the day to day. And that is really, really challenging to do, especially when you've reached a level of success. And now it's about figuring out where to go next. Sometimes I think that um, it's easy to celebrate um, some of those big wins and then forget that, you know, it's about what happens next. Each curve, you know, you have to decide, is it going to keep growing or is this really where you peak and you're not able to continue to innovate or iterate and create the next phase so that you're constantly meeting the new challenges because no industry is static. There's constantly opportunities for improvement and change. We see that for sure. And I think the you know, the what you've been building and committing to bring the community together is certainly a reflection of that need to innovate and grow. So modeling that for your your companies, I think it is inherent in how the Levant Center seems to be operating. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And, and, and you get it. In fact, you'd be a great program facilitator uh, for our programs because what you just did there is you put inspiring advice and guidance 
um, out there. And I think it's really important to understand that when you walk into an innovation center environment, that it's considered a safe zone. Ours, as an example, is extremely safe. That we are we are legaled up for everybody, whether you're the entrepreneur, a program facilitator, a a corporate participant uh, participant in what we do, among others. That this is um, a place where there is one rule, and the one rule is that there are no rules. But then we have the legal structure around us to make sure that you are protected and your ideas protected. You are protected as an individual. Yeah. No one can come in and poach you or steal your idea or come in here looking for the next best thing and, and taking advantage of, of the situation. Um, we only allow access for those that are giving back with the heart of the entrepreneur because they understand who you are, what you're doing. They've been there, they've done it, they're, they're doing it. And, uh, and that's what we mean by a safe zone. So don't be afraid to share your ideas and don't be afraid to listen to the guidance and advice that you're being given. Yeah, that whole idea of really giving with with an open heart and not worrying about what you're going to receive matters. And that's, again, something we certainly live by. Um, I want to make sure you know we spend a little bit of time in some of this about some of the spaces that you've created in, in the Levan Center, because they reflect the growth of key industries, not just for South Florida, but really all across the state and certainly well beyond. But um, you've really imagined the Levan Center as this kind of theme park, like you said with different spaces and creative opportunities to meet the uh, and, and really create new high level industry standards for growth in key industries. And I don't know that we talk a lot about the different industries that are strong in particularly the South Florida market so that when you're bringing in mentors, when you're bringing in that public private partnership, there's an understanding of where the community is able to rally around entrepreneurs and continue to create that ripple effect of growth. So can you share a little bit about some of the key industries that are super strong, particularly in South Florida? and how that's translated into some unique and creative learning spaces that you provide for the community through the Levan Center. So when we built this theme park concept and, and the idea of putting rides in, we knew that our core mission was to serve the founder from the entire birth of the idea right through the successful exit or, or global expansion opportunity. And, and that is a huge asset in terms of the mission. The liability piece of it is that we don't generate revenue or necessarily get philanthropy. Uh, philanthropic support for those programs. So we bootstrapped everything to this date. But what we did do is we said from the very beginning, if we're going to serve entrepreneurs and, and try to increase their, their success and do so at an accelerated pace, let's look at the targeted industries that are specific to the South Florida region. So there are defined targeted industries. Miami has a list. Fort Lauderdale has a list, Palm Beach has a list. And what we recognized is that there was overlap between some of those industries, but then there were very unique industries that weren't necessarily present in each one of those, those counties or, or city um, areas. And we started looking at supporting entrepreneurs that supported those defined targeted industries or the industries of the future. And as we started to look at them, we recognized that those actually might not be the industries of the future. So for example, even to this day, a lot of cities look at technology as an industry. We don't. Every industry is technology. That's right. And and and, and Synapse, you know, I could debate. It's a technology company. The Levant Center is a technology company. And technology influences a lot of things that we do. So when we put the original concept together, we looked at the high growth industries, the high wage industries where they were trying to really recruit new companies, home grow companies here in the region. And 
tourism, hospitality, obviously very big in South Florida. And the challenge is that South Florida has often been known for, for cruise ships, sunshine and beaches, and hopefully will always be, but there's a lot more going on. And there's some trends that have been going on. So there's more modern industries around blockchain and cryptocurrency, and there's ups and downs with, with that. But when you really go back to what drives the economy, it's the financial sector, it's the insurance sector, it is hospitality and tourism, um, transportation and logistics, huge. And, and the, there's a number of different things. And about a year ago, we said, let's take a step backwards. And it really became as a result of a trip that I took to the Middle East and had an opportunity to see the future. And I was uh, really impressed with some things that I saw in Dubai specifically, where the government has created its own version of ministry. So there's the Ministry of Innovation. There's the Ministry of, of Tomorrow. And, 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 and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is kind of like our theme park concept. It's like going to Tomorrowland. So when I came back, we, we really looked and said, you know what? It's not about the industries that we know of now. It's about the industries that we're not aware of yet. And instead of calling them industries, let's talk about the new economy. So what are the new economies of the future? And it could be digital. It could be something else. Um, and what we found is when we opened up our own blinders, really took them off and said, okay, Let's look at all entrepreneurs in all sectors and diversify what that looks like. And we may discover something that is completely unknown um, to, to what the future looks like. And then we created a tagline, the future is here now. What are we doing about it? And that's really our mentality every single day. So um, we have a number of different companies that are starting up through the Levan Center. We actually just had our very first successful exit. There's more, more to come on that, but it's a very oh, significant yes. deal. And Thank as a you. result of that, they're the biggest company in the world for what they do. And they help credit bureaus behind the scenes as a software platform that does all kinds of really crazy things and payment systems and whatnot. But it went from an idea to being the world's biggest company because of the acquisition. And that's the idea. How do we create that, replicate that over and over and over? Um, so we have right now approximately 65 startups and they're all in different sectors, but there's one common theme and it truly is technology that is somehow connected to them, whether it's technology light or, or really deep tech um, and something in between. So I may not have answered your question specifically by what industries, it's more, well, it's not about industry anymore. It's about the new economies and, and the future and how do you look at that short, medium, and long term so that you also make sure that when an entrepreneur has discovered something or involved in something that they're not too far into the future, that your concept or your technology is so great, but maybe the regulatory framework or the physical infrastructure that you need to support it isn't there yet. Kind of like the electric vehicle, which obviously things are changing, but okay, great, electric vehicle technology, got a car, but I have nowhere to plug it in. Or you know, a drone or a, 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 an autonomous vehicle uh, that, can get you from your driveway to your office every day, but the, the regulations don't allow it or the physical infrastructure doesn't allow it, which makes it very difficult for you to raise money for your business because you're so far ahead versus the rest of the world that's not, not there yet. So how do you make sure there's an alignment about the future and what's happening now so that you are positioned for success and you can raise the funding that's required to get you to the next level? I think, I think not only that, and I appreciate so much that more comprehensive view kind of opening up the aperture so often we're asked about innovation and people say well isn't innovation tech and i'm constantly pushing back innovation is not tech innovation is so much more it can be tech but it can live in in lots of different ways that we work that we think that we connect with each other um so it can live in the culinary arts it can live in the the, the physical arts um it's a matter of how we think about the challenges that we meet each day and not just come up with a great 
idea, but also execute on that idea. So creating a space where you can experiment safely, share ideas safely, and get really honest feedback, not just people who would tell you that it's great, but somebody who will, like you said, poke holes really matters. I think the other important component to this is creating an actual proving ground or testing ground for your ideas. One of the really, I think, special spaces that you've created through the Levan Center is your cybersecurity testing range where people can come in and really get a chance to use some very high-tech tools or test some problem sets in ways that you don't often get a chance to do. And I think it's a really special example of, again, the way that you're bridging um, one of the greatest challenges that we all face as we are so now tech integrated and the needs for talent, the needs for security and the overall kind of uh, experimentation for new ideas. So I want you to share for a few minutes about this cybersecurity range, what it is, how it operates and some of the impacts that you've seen that create by creating this extraordinary space. It goes back to the theme park concept and creating the rides. So we haven't talked about the physical infrastructure. So this is a great segue into that. As you walk around 54,000 square feet of space, there are literally rooms that do different things. And going back to this collision station, where else can you go where you can collide entrepreneurs with academia, industry, government, funders, professional networks, wraparound service providers, and a whole lot more. So that's what we do under the 54,000 square feet of space. So someone may not even come to us for uh, an entrepreneurial-based program. They may be here to to create a new technology, uh, to create a patent, as an example, that that, that goes somewhere. And the military-grade cybersecurity range that we built is a is literally purpose-built, customized from the ground up. It's a 1,500-square-foot cement box. We call it a black box, and it's built on its own independent network, which means that if anything were to go wrong in that room, it cannot escape those four walls. We have a very significant, complicated cloud-based application that was made in the United States. It's approved by all of the defense agencies, and it is uh, it provides a number of opportunities for us. There aren't very many cybersecurity ranges in the country, quite frankly, even around the world. And even some people in the world of cybersecurity don't understand the impact of a range. So we create awareness and education programs to show what a valuable resource this is for literally the Southeast region of the United States. And sometimes even internationally, because there's virtual access capabilities with it. But it has a training environment where you can um, work with people that are cyber or non-cyber at the the early stage, the mid-level and advanced professional stages of cybersecurity. You can do applied simulation exercises. So what's it like to go through some kind of a simulated experience that you don't want to experience in real life, but you'll learn to be proactive and reactive. It's about personnel assessment, again, for cyber and non-cyber people. So I could take Lauren and say, hey, Lauren, does your resume really match up with the skill set and credentials that you say you have on paper? Um, or what's your likelihood of adapting to being a good employee in my company so that when something pops up on my email, I'm not gonna click it and now we've got a cyber attacker you know, put that disk drive uh, in the computer and now my whole company's been taken down or held for ransom. Um, we also do briefings for boards and for C-suites. And what we've learned through this own our own experience is that there's a disconnect between boards and organizations and the C-suite. And then there is disconnection between the C-suites themselves from CEO to CFO to COO to CTO to CIO to CISO. There's a lot of Cs. <laughs> and, and, and we're trying to link all of that together and then from an entrepreneurial perspective, imagine being an entrepreneur that is in the world of cybersecurity, and now you've got access not just to a computer and a keyboard, but an entire cyber range with a couple of million dollars of equipment 
that you can create new products or services or algorithms or something maybe we don't even know. And then all of this is also hooked up to a supercomputer. So the supercomputer is wired into the entire LeVan Center, and you can take advantage of that uh, in any piece of the 54,000 square feet. And cyber, originally, the concept was how do we build our own internal economic development engine that would bring in enough revenue and grant support that ultimately would help feed the overhead costs of running our own business. And as we got into that, we realized, oh my gosh, this is a business. So we've created multiple businesses within our own business, if you will. And cybersecurity, um, in our case, has really been built to support industry and government clients over time for all of their cyber needs, the one-stop shop, um, if you will, but also making sure that it was an available resource for entrepreneurs so they can create ideas, they can grow their businesses. And the problem with cyber in today's world is that it is it is growing so fast that the bad guys generally outperform the good guys and gals. Sure. And and now here's an opportunity to figure out how do we you know, leapfrog the bad people so that we're, we're operating in a safe and secure environment, particularly for the safety and security of our own nation. It's really, um, I think, a, an interesting kind of metaphor for what entrepreneurship and innovation really is. You have to have kind of a no rules mentality and you've created a space for that. That's a safe space to explore and experiment and encouraging people to think differently. I, I love that you've created a space where uh, enterprise companies and, as you said, the C-suite can come and understand a world that they may not be thinking about every single day. And students and entrepreneurs can come and experiment in. I think that's really the key for a successful innovation space is creating that opportunity for true experimentation without the concern of failure yet, but really allowing people to learn from their failures. That's what we all talk about. Failing, what are all the cliches? Fail forward, fail fast, all of yeah. those things. It's true. So you've got to create that opportunity and space to experiment in that sort of a way. Um, yeah. I think what you've really touched on through all of our conversation is that there's just incredible opportunity and growth um, not just in South Florida, but really across our state. And the Levan Center is really becoming a sort of gravitational energy for that sort of growth. You know, when you look statewide and you see what's going on, what are some of the most exciting opportunities that are um, energizing you? And maybe where are there opportunities for entrepreneurs or even enterprise companies um, and the ecosystem to, to still continue to strengthen? It's funny, if we had this conversation five years ago, even three years ago, my answer would probably be a little bit different. But I've had the opportunity to live throughout the entire state, multiple locations. I've seen pockets grow and others fail. And what excites me the most is the, the collaborative effort that's taking place in Florida. And you mentioned early on about the warm, welcoming environment. And, and we are open for business. And people should know that, whether they're within Florida or coming from afar. And when you start to draw a map out of what's going on from Tampa through Orlando to the Daytona Beach area, the Space Coast, um, we can go north up into in, northeast to Jacksonville, uh, even Tallahassee to a certain degree, and then bring that down into the South Florida uh, region, it's all starting to connect. And the reason that it's starting to connect is because of the collaborators that are out there. And I think that the global pandemic challenges that we faced in many ways brought some very positive things to the infrastructure and the network to the state of Florida, where we were forced to communicate with each other. And we had to do so virtually. And a lot of the people that I know in my in my current network, recent network, I should say, 
I never met them in person. It wasn't because I was physically in person that was an event. It was because for the very first time we went to online events. We participated in panels, um, different types of conferences, and often didn't meet these people in person until we were actually at a live person event uh, in, in more recent months, if you will, when the world started to open up again. So I'm extremely excited by organizations like Synapse because you are a true Florida-wide collaborator. Um, I'm excited about other organizations that we're engaged with, some formally and some more loosely and some not at all, but we're all friends and we're sharing in the events and, and more co-hosted events, more core participation, um, the co-promotion and co-awareness uh, efforts that are going out there. And I truly believe, uh, given my aviation background, when an airport starts back in the day, it started as a little airport in a nowhere community or next to a big city. And then over time, more and more airports start to spawn and then they start to connect their routes. And then all of a sudden you get the creation of hubs and spokes. And what I see in Florida is that it's not a spoke network anymore. It's a hub and spoke network. And if you take the big cities and who they're all connected to, we're all connected to each other. But I think that there's a lot more to go. And I truly believe that if we sit like this in five years, that we're going to have a slightly different conversation about how well connected the state is and not just throughout the state but truly internationally and some great things are happening and and it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for organizations like yourself or was or organizations um, like us and, and and we don't compete we collaborate and that's the right. moment that somebody's here to say, I'm going to compete with you, that's not the right partner and we'll be friends, but we're not going to partner with you. And that's what I love about our relationship, because at the end of the day, we truly have the same mission and, and it's strength in numbers and, uh, and it's education, it's awareness, it's promotion and co-hosting things together to collaborate. That's the future of success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just uh, I can't reemphasize that enough. Um, okay, so final thought to end on. Um, how can we, the community, help you at the Levan Center, the entrepreneurs that you serve, the community that you're building? This is a, a, a relatively simple question with a complicated answer. So I'll, I'll try to summarize it as much as I can. Um, for us, the selfish side is we need promotion and awareness to let people know that this is a resource that's open to anybody and it is your home. This is your tribe. And often what we do is we find out that someone may ring the doorbell to come in and they, they're not really sure why they're here or they are. And what we can do is help assess what your needs are and then make sure that we put you on the right track. So we're not going to turn you away. We're going to figure out a way to, to, to make your, your home here. And then the other thing that I think is extremely important is to invite each other to different events. So make sure that we're involved in your events because you've got a collision station. We invite you to our events. We've got a collision station. And how do we bring our networks together so the numbers just grow and grow and grow to the point that if you walk down the street, oh, I know that person or I know what they're into or I help support that individual. But we all have to be open-minded. We all have to collaborate. And the biggest thing that I could ask of anybody is just to keep an open mind and, um, and, and use the resources, the infrastructure that you see growing here in Florida and, uh, and, and just pat each other on the back like Marines, right? We lift each other up and, and we go to the target together and we're going to figure a way to get to that end, end destination. But awareness is, is really an accessibility is, is huge. 
Well, thank you for reinforcing that collaborative spirit and um, living your beliefs in the work that you do, in the way that you lead at the Levan Center, the way that you are sharing the opportunities and partnering with not just organizations, but really, you know, across different uh, stakeholders, all of the people who are necessary to make innovators successful. That's really what all of us here are all about. Part of our mission is making sure that the world knows that innovation lives here, and it certainly does within the Levan Center, and we're grateful for the partnership. Thank you so much for joining us, John. I look forward to seeing you in person soon in Fort Lauderdale, in Tampa, wherever our paths can hopefully cross, and continuing to find ways to work together. And Thanks, I thank everybody. you again, too. Thank you. Take care.